Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Ladies and gents, everybody listening, this is your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, John L., and we're here again. Another movie, another review. Let's get into it, shall we? This particular movie, when you finish saving the world, you ask yourselves, John L., what the hell is this? Well, folks, this is a movie I was uh, enlightened to sometime last month when I was watching the trailers during Babylon. I wrote the name of the movie down and I saved it in my phone and I said to myself, this seems interesting. I'm going to watch this whenever it comes out. And the trailer stated it would be out in January. So I said, okay, cool. This will be one of the few films I watch in the month of January. So full disclosure, I booked to see this movie on Friday. And it was supposed to be or I booked it at the Alamo Draft House, the one I go to all the time here in Manhattan, New York. And I was supposed to go see it, and the movie start time was at um, 3.30. So I thought to myself, hey, if I get to the gym, 12.30, I should be out of there by 3. It'll give me enough time to jump on the train from where I am located gym-wise get on the train and head down to the Alamo and be down there in time. I was wrong. Miscalculated everything. Uh, I got to the theater 20 minutes late on Friday and the dude at the front desk was cool enough to let me rain check the movie and watch something else that I wasn't going to be late for. Um, which in which in turn, he flipped when you finished saving the world for Megan for me. And I was able to watch Megan on Friday full, full bore. Because Megan started at 3.45, I'm there at 3.50, I'm only five minutes behind, the trailer's wrong. As long as the movie hasn't started yet, I can get inside a theater. That's how strict the Alamo Draft House is. So anyways, I defaulted, and I said, I'm still watching this film. I don't have anything to watch on Sunday. So I booked When You Finish Saving the World for Sunday, uh, January 22nd. <coughs> and I leave my house with more than enough time and yeah I know I'm going around about haven't talked about the movie yet but I gotta tell you guys living in New York and dealing with our public transportation system especially during the weekends is a headache I left my house with an hour and 10 minutes to spare it's usually takes me about 45 to 50 minutes from where I am 
HomeWise to get to <coughs> the Alamo Draft House. Man, I get there. It's like 105. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be early, fam. Reason I was a little late. The express trains weren't going express for a good chunk. So they went local. So obviously that takes time out of the transportation and how fast I'm supposed to get there. So I get there five minutes late. It's cool. They didn't say anything to me. At the front desk, I go, I sit down. I usually sit on the right side of the theater on a aisle seat at the Alamo. I had to go to the left. That's all that was available. So I don't to wait to the left. New angle for me. Still saw the whole screen. It wasn't like I was missing anything. So I just don't like to sit in the middle of any row. Because at the end of the day, regardless if it's cushy sitting or not, having to get up half the time when you get there early or late and people have to pass by you is super annoying. I'd rather sit at the end of any row or in the aisle of any row because I don't got to get up ever. So, convenience, folks. First world problems. But anyways, on to the film. Uh, I'll mention this. There were a couple of trailers before the movie started um, that I didn't get the names of the movies for. But I know if I see them again, that I will write them down so that I can go ahead and watch them. These, the two films that caught my eye are both out in March. One of them has Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. I think the film is called Good People. I think, I don't, don't, don't quote me on that. And then the other film that I was interested in I'm completely blanking on right now for whatever reason. Um, but I do remember that it's supposed to be out in March as well. Um, and I'll find, I'll, I'll know what it is that I'm looking at once I see it again. But I also, a couple of days ago, saw another trailer for a movie coming out in March as well called Marlowe, which is a noir film uh, that has Liam Neeson in it. And if you know me, I love noir. So I'm down to go watch that movie in March. So March is going to be pretty busy for me already. So there's that. When you finish Saving the World is the film we're talking about. Let me give you guys the breakdown on this film. Here's the breakdown on the film, folks. This movie was released on January 20th, this past Friday. The writer-director of this movie is none other than Jesse Eisenberg. If that name is familiar to you, it is because Jesse Eisenberg is also an actor. Jesse has been 
in countless films. I think the two films that he's gotten most notoriety for is The Social Network. I think he's the one who played uh, the character who was supposed to mirror Mark Zuckerberg. And then also, he's got notoriety for his portrayal of Lex Luthor in the Snyderverse version of Batman versus Superman. And I think he was in this Man of Steel movie as well. I could be wrong. I don't know. I forget. But, and he's been in countless other films as well. But he was the writer-director of this one. Uh, this is uh, his directorial debut. And here's a synopsis on the film. It goes right into some uh, some character description. Evelyn, played by Julianne Moore, has devoted herself to helping people in hard times, but she struggles to connect with her son, Ziggy. Ziggy's played uh, by Finn Wolfhard of Stranger Things and Ghostbusters Afterlife Accord. Uh, Ziggy is an aspiring internet star oblivious to the problems of the world. As Evelyn attempts to become a parent figure to an unassuming teenager, she meets at her shelter, and Ziggy fumbles through his pursuit of a brilliant and politically conscious young woman at his high school. This emotional comedy reveals as a funny and sharply perceptive portrait of a mother and son who may seem at odds, but who are more alike than either would care to admit. Now, this isn't a single mother drama. Um, Finn Wolfhard's character Ziggy comes from a two-parent home, his mother played by Julianne Moore, and his father played by J.O. Sanders. So, I didn't know what to expect from this movie. But if there's anything that I've ever learned about the types of characters that Jesse Eisenberg seems to relate to the most and how he interacts with people. I've, I've watched him in countless types of interviews and things of that nature. I would say that quirky works very well for the kind or a characteristic of Jesse Eisenberg. And that's exactly what I thought about this film. This film was filled with quirkiness, so many different awkward moments, and also It was quirky, it was awkward, and it was cringy, but like, cringy in a charming sort of way, like in a way that 
we can all relate to it because Finn's character, Ziggy, is playing a high school kid. And a lot of what high school kids do when they're like socially awkward or live in a bubble is just awkward and cringy as hell. So that came across so clear and so evident in this film. There was also not just the dynamic that Finn had with his mother, Evelyn Julianne Moore. It spoke to the the description here from the synopsis, right? Um, that he's oblivious to the problems of the world because he's he's insulated himself in this bubble uh, of being this internet star where he has 20,000 followers. That's repeated like several times in the movie. And it's this sense of validation for him because people like him and he wants people to like him. Like most teenagers do, right? Or at least that's the the perception of it. But then his mother, played by Julianne Moore, she's quirky and awkward and persistent in her actions and, 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 and very deliberate at the same time she has a very odd relationship with her teenage son, like most parents do with their teenage kids, to be honest. And for Jesse Eisenberg to capture that in such a way, like I said, it was cringe. But like it was cringe in the sense of, yeah, this happens. This isn't just movie stuff this isn't just stuff for the big screen or the small screen this happens in real life now the only thing I would say that was even more cringe than how the dynamic between mother and son took place was the dynamic of how Ziggy, Finn's character, tried to appeal to this girl he liked. Now, folks, I have a good memory most of the time. And even nowadays, at my age, I'm not 40 yet. I'm in my late 30s. I know I can be sort of awkward when it comes to interactions (coughs) with women in general. Especially ones that I like or I'm attracted to. I've never been the suave debonair type that I leave that for like my friends, my brothers, whoever I'm surrounded by men who are like that, but I'm not, 
but I'm not like that. <laughs> and to see him struggle so much to get this girl's attention and to try to appeal to her better nature was so it wasn't refreshing folks it was like wow dude this is cringe but damn I feel your pain <laughs> you know I could totally relate um I just there was half the time and you guys might think I'm completely crazy for even saying this or doing this folks I was in the movie theater and I found the movie so cringe that I could look at the screen a lot of the time but I was listening to the film and I knew how some of these scenes played out and I didn't have to look at how Finn was interacting with Juliet Moore or how Finn was interacting with the young lady that he was um that he was interested in it was just like I just knew <laughs> I could picture it without actually seeing it on the screen you know um it was so weird it, it gave me the feels if you folks even remember or recall a film in the aughts um Juno one of my favorite movies in the aughts that film was quirky and awkward and a pseudo dramedy not a pseudo but a dramedy um like the spirit of the movie reminded me of that um also kind of like the kind of music that Finn played on the internet um uh, folk pop with like alternative <laughs> influences as he put it damn man it just it, it just it brought that memory of Juno back in my head because of the the soundtrack of Juno which is one of my favorite soundtracks of any movie in the last 20 years that and uh and walk hard shouts to Dewey Cox but <laughs> back to this movie yeah like the the growing up right how to grow and mature and have better social interactions with people of your age group and then have a better understanding of who your parents are as people not just as your mom and dad but like what makes them tick um, and where it is that you get some of your things from where some of your traits come from and in the movie Julianne Moore not that she stopped caring but she didn't necessarily connect 
with Ziggy, and Ziggy didn't connect with her. But as the synopsis said, they were, by the end of the movie, we saw, as the audience, we saw that they were more alike than they figured themselves to be. And that was interesting. Um, because how everything developed and unfolded was a couple of days in the life and, and things of that nature. Um, to describe Julianne more in the one of the underlying st- storylines in the movie uh, where she was um, trying to become a parent figure to this unassuming teenager who she met at her shelter, Julianne Moore, uh, working in a in a shelter um, for, I would say, victims of domestic abuse and domestic violence, be it children, and it's a women's shelter in that in that in that uh, perspective. And uh, there is this particular woman. She comes in with a teenage son. Julianne Moore takes a liking to the teenage son in the sense of wanting to help him, wanting wanting him to aspire to more than what he's been exposed to. And she just goes a little bit too hard, and it backfires on her. And he doesn't end up wanting for himself what she envisions for him. Um... So she went too hard, and there was a part of the movie after she realized that it wasn't going to work out the way that she wanted. She ended up um, having a a uh, emotional breakdown and crying in her car and things of that nature. And then that's where I would say the epiphany happened. Um, she let go of the situation with this random young man. She then looked into to what her son was doing and why he thought it's so important to be this internet star. And she started uh, watching his videos of his songs and his vlogs and things of that nature of when he was a much younger kid. And it ended up that's how she, uh, like her mind opened up and, uh, Finn or Ziggy, um, ended up at his mom's job after he failed to appeal to the young lady and him not wanting to be in the same space and him not being concentrated in the classroom him not being concentrated in the classroom he picked up and left ended up at his mom's job his mom was going through that whole thing and then watching his videos on YouTube and then the ending scene is her coming out of the office looking at the back of her son's head as her son is looking at all the different awards and different things that his mom had accomplished with the center and then they were face to face eye to eye uh, because 
the young man was still trying to find purpose in life and she had found hers but even though she had found her purpose in life she wasn't connected to um, one of the most important people in her life which is her son and he wanted to connect more to purpose in life and I feel like after all the verbal attacks towards both his parents but specifically more his mother uh, which the movie was aimed towards the clarity came where it's like I might want to find out and explore the kind of knowledge and wisdom my mom has to see if I can be better in life that's what I got by the end of the movie but everything that happened to lead up to that particular moment was funny it was it was ripe with realism uh good sarcasm in certain places there was like like I said a lot of the score is what really turned me off about the movie if I didn't say that before then I'll say it now like the score had this neo techno video game sound to it and it sounded more like stuff that should have been in like a in like an anime in comparison to a live action film like this like that was the part of the movie that threw me off the most was the score and I knew the feel it was going for because it's modern day um, also we're speaking of today's youth so we want to be able to have the effect of looking into the future like I can understand the train of thought but like it just didn't as music for the movie it just didn't land well for me so I'll say that but outside of that I think I think Finn Wolfhard and Julianne Moore had some great performances I think everybody had great performances uh, in this film as they were all involved and stuff like that so would I recommend this film to you guys I would now now let's be real here uh, I'm always real with you guys is this film for everybody probably not the reason I say that is because it just might be too cringy for some it might just be too awkward for some and people won't be able to relate to that in some way I could I went through that kind of a spell through my teenage years I still go through that stuff now so which is why I look at it or look yeah look at it through the ironic lens and I can laugh at myself and 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 also have a level of awareness where it's like this shit's still happening so 
I'm not the only one, you know? So, <laughs> you're never alone out there, folks. You're never alone. Um, but for a movie that only lasted an hour and 28 minutes, um, it felt like a two-hour movie. So, I'll say that. They, they, they packed in a lot in that hour 28. Uh, this film was uh, distributed by A24. And like I stated before, it's out in limited release. Uh, and it was released this past Friday, January 20th. Um, let's hit the Rotten Tomatoes score here. So you guys have an idea of where it's floating. So 124 critics have seen the movie. Is at a 64%. And then the audience score with fewer than 50 verified ratings is at a 70%. So, you know, it's, 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 it's fairly, I wouldn't say mixed necessarily, but like, you know, it's, it's an average film at best, at least from what we're getting between critics and, and the audience. But yeah, I think, is it a complete, coming-of-age story? No. But, at the same time, it does show us those relationship dynamics between parents and their teenage kids, the relationship dynamics between teenage kids and other teenage kids shows us the dynamic of where teenagers seek validation, not just their person-to-person social groups, but also this internet-based community that Finn's character is so attached to. Um, 20,000 followers on the internet. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of people across the globe. You know? Um, you can understand it, but you can't just stand on that alone if you don't have or don't know yourself as a person yet which is what I felt about uh, Finn's character Ziggy kids far from knowing who he is as a full-fledged human being yet he's getting there he's a 17 year old in this movie so what do you gotta do Uh, I would recommend the film folks but this is one of those where I would say to you go out look this up the movie is called when you finish saving the world look it up it's in theaters now uh, probably more um, in the theaters that play indie fair like I said I watched this at the Alamo Draft House so if there's an Alamo Draft House by you they're probably showing it and if not if you have a theater that plays indie fair by you um, head there and check this one out and see for yourself whether you would like this film or not. Um, it's not a 100, 100% grade A recommendation. I know there's going to be people who don't uh, jive with this. But hey, I think this is a, a good dive into the... Uh, 
the psychology of today's teenagers and certain levels of uh, social interaction be it with adults or their peer group so that's that that's my review on when you finish saving the world Finn Wolfhard Julianne Moore they did the damn thing this coming week folks it's a hard pick em for films right now so my aim this week is to pick one film that was released in January uh, the film entitled Plane I think I've got that for tomorrow and I believe that the menu is still playing at my local AMC I didn't get to watch that when it came out so I'm gonna go catch that and if my uh, good friend is available I might be able to catch Infinity Pool this weekend uh, so I uh, will give you guys three times dope for next week on the uploads but until then folks as always thank you for listening I appreciate you all from wherever it is that you're listening I was looking at my uh, analytics the other day and regardless of how many of you in number and volume are listening I have a global audience and that is something I completely appreciate so to everybody thank you appreciate you all I will continue to bring you the content until next time folks be well take care and stay healthy this is your friendly neighborhood moviegoer John L signing off until next time